Today's reading is from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. Just then a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have given the right answer. Do this, and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers, who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back I will repay you whatever you spend. Which of these, do you think, was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This is one of the most famous passages in all the Bible. The story of the Good Samaritan. It's been talked about and preached over for generations and generations and rightfully so. A man, a lawyer, comes to Jesus and asks him a question. He says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus, as he so often did, turned the question around to the man and said, what did, what do the scriptures tell you? The man said, Well, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, you've spoken rightly, but then comes verse 29. It's a deep verse. It begins with, but wanting to justify himself, he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? I think that's an interesting word, justify, wanting to justify himself, wanting to make himself look right or righteous. There's a sense of irony in the story. One of the men wanted to make himself righteous. The other man is the only one in the world who can make anyone righteous. The lawyer's misunderstanding is further delineated by the nature of his question when he says, who is my neighbor? It's a limiting question. He wants to know, who do I have to care about and who can I not really care about? Like that family over there, they're good, but those people, 
They walk too far on the Sabbath. I don't have to care about them, right? The amazing thing is this guy's been studying the law his whole life. But he missed the point of the law. And so to try and help him understand it, Jesus does something else he so often does. Rather than answering the question that was asked of him, Jesus answers the question that should have been asked. Not, who is my neighbor, but how can I be a good neighbor? He tells a story about a priest, think a pastor, walking down the road and finding someone in the middle of the road who's been beaten half to death, left for dead. And the pastor walks right on by. Then comes a Levite, church staff member, walks down the road, sees this man half dead, walks right by. And then, of course, comes the Samaritan, the one that no one expected to be the hero of this story. Samaritans were thought of as outcasts, half-breeds, less than. They were thought about that way by everyone except Jesus. The Bible tells us that this man puts the man on the road on his, on his donkey. He tends his wounds. He takes him to a place where he can recuperate and heal. He pays the bill for the man. After he tells the story, Jesus turns back to the lawyer and says, which of these was a neighbor? The lawyer says, I suppose the man who helped him. And Jesus says, you've spoken rightly. Go and do likewise. For the last few weeks, I haven't been able to get this passage out of my mind. I haven't been here in front of you or with you here in online worship because my family and I were on vacation for spring break to the Dominican Republic. And it was an amazing, amazing vacation. But the last couple of days, things started to change. I know they changed here for you as well. Our flights got canceled and we couldn't seem to gain any traction in terms of getting home. So I reached out to a friend, a brother in Christ, who's an airline pilot. I called and said, hey, do you have any suggestions for me? And he said, give me half an hour. Half an hour later, he called me back. He says, here's what you need to do. Friday afternoon, take this flight from the Dominican Republic to Puerto Rico. And from that point forward, I've got you booked on flights home. What a tremendous gift. We were, we were scared to death that we were going to be stuck in this country for a long time. But not only was that a great gift, but I want to tell you what happened next. So we finally got home in the middle of the night last weekend. The next morning, I called my friend to thank him and to ask him, how much do we owe you for these tickets you bought for us? In the course of our conversation, he talked about the fact that he is an airline pilot, and I asked him, what are things going to look like for your family? And he said, well, we might take a bit of a pay cut. And I said, once again, I said, how much do we owe you for these tickets? And he said to me, well, we've talked about it, and we'd like to buy these tickets for your family. Now think about that for a moment. This family was about to get a pay cut and they wanted to pay for my family's airline tickets. Now, of course, we didn't let them, but that's what it looks like to be a good neighbor. 
And it, it got me to, to begin thinking as we came back and tried to reintegrate to this new normal. It got me to begin thinking, what does it look like to be a good neighbor in this moment, in the midst of this crisis? How can we still fulfill the command of Jesus to go and be a good neighbor to those around us? Well, this week, I found some examples of creative ways that in the midst of this crisis, people have been reaching out and caring for one another. I wanted to share some of those with you today. Here's the first one. It's a, it's a bag with two rolls of toilet paper in it, and inside the bag was this note. It said, from one neighbor to another. Apparently, toilet paper has become all the rage of late. Here's another example. This poor guy is not only standing out there in the midst of a storm, a winter storm, but in the midst of uh, an epidemic because he knows his neighbors might need toilet paper. That, my friends, that's being a good neighbor. I like this one too. At the bottom, you can see all these bars of homemade soap. And the sign says the CDC is recommending that people wash their hands a lot. And so I've made soap for you. Feel free to take it. And if you need more, let me know. People using the gifts that they had to try and be a good neighbor in the midst of this crisis. Here's a great one. I know most of you won't be able to read it. I want to read part of it to you. It says, please leave, delivery drivers, please leave packages on the chair to the left of the door or ground. Either is fine, really. Elderly inside with pre-existing health conditions, making them super susceptible. Also, very sorry you're working during this. I realized maybe we should stop ordering packages for a while, at least to reduce deliveries for you. Sorry, like five more already en route before I even thought of this. While it doesn't make up for you having to work during this crisis, please help yourself to a snack and drink on the table to the left. And while none of us are infected, to the best of our knowledge, we self-quarantined a week ago and have no symptoms, I still spray the drinks and snacks down with rubbing alcohol just in case. So you can rest assured they're clean. Just don't lick the packaging. Ha ha, I don't think isopropyl alcohol tastes that good. Stay safe out there, and thanks for all you do. What a great example of being a good neighbor. How many of us are living thanks to those delivery drivers every day, dropping things off at our homes? I love, I love this one. It's a copy of a Facebook post. A young lady had a a grandmother who was in an adult living facility, a senior adult facility, and she took some things to her grandmother to drop off. Uh, some supplies that she was going to leave at the front desk for her grandmother to get. And when she got there, she found her father standing outside of the assisted living facility singing to her grandmother and the other residents of the assisted living facility. He couldn't go inside and sing for them, but they could stand on their balconies. Now this one, this one gave me an idea. So I called my friends Alan and James we took a little bit of a road trip this week. Check it out. And we are here for one reason today. And it's simply to let you know that Jesus loves you and so do we. So my you. soul, my
Father, we thank you so much for the gift of your love, for the gift of your grace to know you, to be your people and to be your children, God. We thank you so much for calling us to do your work here in this world. We thank you so much for giving us hope, for giving us peace, and for constantly reminding us that you are the God of love and that you care for us and will always provide for us. Let's take a look at the next one. This is a a family uh, who own a store in Great Britain. They spent 2,000 pounds buying rubbing alcohol and masks to hand out to their neighbors, particularly to elderly people, business owners just caring about their community. This is a, a post from a teacher. I know many of the amazing teachers here at Ebenezer are doing great work with their students. I thought this was a a great post because what this teacher said was, we're working from home, we're doing school remotely, and if any of the parents out there have questions about any of the curriculum that we're wrestling with or they're trying to teach their children, I want you to know that I'm certified uh, 6th through 12th in English and you can reach out to me. What a great idea! This was a picture of uh, a card that a guy put in the mailboxes around his neighborhood simply introduces him and and then says, I'm here to help you. And here are some things I can do. I can pick up. I can do shopping for you. I can give you a friendly phone call. I can can mail things for you. I can get urgent supplies for you. So if you need help, fill out this card. Let me know what you need and send me a, a call. What a great idea. This, this one's maybe my favorite. This is a picture of a team of doctors, Chinese doctors, who went into Hunan, China to try and help fight COVID-19 after they successfully fought the disease there. Rather than going home to their families, these doctors' bags are packed. They're on their way to Italy to help somewhere else. I'm so grateful for all of those amazing medical personnel for the sacrifices that you're making every day. Thank you, thank you, thank you for what you're doing. I didn't just want to share some ideas with you about how to be a good neighbor. I I wanted to do some things this week that would be creative. I wanted to try it out first. So just a couple of things that I happened to do this week. The first order of business when you get back from vacation is often to go to the grocery store. So last week I went to the grocery store. I wasn't real sure what to expect at our little Walmart marketplace. Maybe the apocalypse had taken hold in there. We walked inside, and I don't know if you ever had this feeling. I'm 41 years old, and every time I walk into our Walmart, it looks like it's run by 12-year-olds. I walked in, and, and I saw these young people walking around, and things were immaculate. They were doing an amazing job. Everything that we needed, we found. As I was checking out, there was a guy who was trying to buy two gallons of milk. Well, that wasn't allowed. So, uh, because you can only buy one at a time to make sure there's enough for everybody. And I saw this young lady who couldn't have been more than 17 years old walk up and with the greatest decorum, as polite as she possibly could be, she told him why things were working that way and diffused the situation I was incredibly impressed by these young people. By the way, I think they should get medals for keeping our society going. So I called the manager of the store and I told her how impressed I was with her team. Said I wanted to do something for them. And so 
on Wednesday of this week, we sent 20 pizzas, half to one shift, half to the other shift, just to say thanks to our local Walmart workers for keeping our grocery store open. One of the other things that I worry about is that we have some amazing folks in our community who are small business owners, and they're really struggling right now. Now, I know that after this crisis, there are some of these places that I love to frequent now that I'll frequent again. And so this week, I took the opportunity to go by and and buy a couple of gift cards, gift certificates from these store owners. I'm not going to spend them now, but they get the revenue now, and I know I'll enjoy them later. How could you be a good neighbor? How could you, in the midst of this crisis, be a good neighbor? You might be saying, well, I'm, I'm not an airline pilot. I can't get anybody out anywhere, and I don't know how to make soap, and nobody would want to listen to me play the guitar. But those individual examples aren't the point. The point is that in the midst of this crisis, people have begun to get so creative about the ways they care for one another. If you can't think of any ideas about how to help somebody else, I want to point out that maybe the most important thing that you can do for somebody is to give them a phone call. We probably all know some folks in our lives who are lonely. Probably all have some people that we haven't talked to in a while we've been meaning to connect with. And now we find ourselves with this time. I actually, I got a call this week from our real estate agent. And I thought, well, does she want to buy my house? No. She was just calling her clients to check on them, make sure they were okay. It was an uncommon act of kindness in an unexpected time. It was beautiful. See, when we start to get a little creative about the way we become neighbors, not only do we improve the lives of our neighbors, not only do we follow the commandment of Jesus and bring glory to his name, but we start to take the focus off of our own lives some of the elements that we're wrestling with right now, we begin to think about others and our attitudes start changing. So I hope that you will take the opportunity this week, find some way, some creative way to be a good neighbor. And if someone has been a good neighbor to you, I'd really like to hear about it. I wish you would email me at Pastor Rob at EbenezerUMC.org. Pastor Rob at EbenezerUMC.org. Let me know how you've seen people be good neighbors in the midst of this difficult time. My friend Aaron shared a scripture passage with me this week. It came from Hosea chapter 2, verse 15. The New Living Translation renders the text as follows. It says, Our God is able to transform the valley of trouble into the door of hope. Our God is able to transform the valley of trouble into the door of hope. And God wants to use us to help in the midst of that transformation. Genesis chapter 50, Joseph says this. He says, what others intended for evil, God transforms into good. Romans chapter eight, 
all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Listen, I know that for many of us, this is a very dark season. But I just want to remind you that it is in the midst of the darkness, light is most radiant. So get creative. Find a way to reach out, connect, and love someone. And find not only is their life improved, and not only is our God glorified, but our lives, our lives are enhanced. Jesus Christ commands us to be good neighbors. Go and do likewise. Bring light to the darkness. Would you pray with me? Holy and loving God, I give you thanks for these amazing people who are joining us in worship today. We give you thanks for the people that we are watching every single day perpetrate acts of heroism simply by going to work and doing their jobs. Thank you, God, for all who are sacrificing. Thank you for all who are caring for them. And thank you for your example. You didn't just tell us how to entertain and undertake acts of uncommon kindness and goodness. You then showed us by undertaking the greatest act of kindness the world had ever seen. You endured the cross. While we were yet sinners, you died for us. God, help us never forget the example we have been given. Help us never forget your command on our lives to be good neighbors, to be light in the darkness, salt in a bland world. Help us be your church in this moment, in this hour. Help us be the church of Jesus Christ to radiate and illuminate this your world. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.